This is Wildcat Dojo Conversations. Welcome to today's show. I'm Sensei Michelle, and today I'm sitting with Sensei Jackie. Say hey. Hey. You might remember from the last episode, multiple personalities over there, friend, teacher, student, and hat wearer of podcast fame. And I'm sitting with Landon. Hello, everybody. And again, with Landon, you may remember if you listened to our premiere episode, he's not only a student of the dojo, but he's also Sensei Jackie's grandson. Today, we're going to be discussing how and why character is developed in the dojo. And I'd like to start with why. I'm hoping that this discussion about why character is developed isn't too controversial. After all, this is my first episode. If you teach someone to fight really good, but you don't instill patience, courtesy, and Sensei Jackie will chime in here with empathy, yes, then it's easy for that person to become a bully. And that is not the goal of a dojo. That is the why, nice and simple. The oldest saying that I can think of is that we learn how to fight so we never have to do it. There are other sayings that are tangents on that, but that one, which when you hear and you're not in a dojo, it doesn't make any sense. But the more patient and the more courteous and the more tolerant you become as a karate person of internal strength, the less you have to take that strength from pushing around somebody else. That's the why of it. Do you want to add anything to the why of it before we keep going? I do not. I'm interested in the whole tenor of character in the dojo. I agree with Sensei Jackie. How does it happen? How do we do it? The first thing that we do when discussing character development is the courtesy bow at the door. And the courtesy bow at the door has multiple meanings. One of them is that that bow signifies you leaving your troubles, your distractions, and your ego outside the dojo and coming in with the proverbial empty cup ready to fill it with today's information. That is one of the things. Now, the ego is the tricky part, and since I'm going to spend a whole episode on that, I'm not going to tangent off on that too far today. But that courtesy bow and that acquiescence that it implies is that first taste of you saying to yourself, oh, I see, I'm not perfect to begin with, so let me see what the future is going to bring to me. We also pay tribute to all those people who came before us by having a courtesy bow at our shrine wall. I'm pretty sure all styles do that. And I'm pretty sure all types of disciplines, um, all types of disciplines that are based with a philosophy have that attribution if that's the right word, to those that came before, be it families, do that. You don't forget those that came before you, countries. We all have that aspect where we look back in time and say, these people brought this this far and now we take it on from here. So that's another similar courtesy bow, similar aspect of giving up of yourself a little bit. Not being egocentric is the point of that. Did I do okay in explaining it? I think so. Okay. Our style starts with the three rules. I'll come back to those three rules in a minute because I I make a little tangent, especially with my kids, when I first start teaching them 
And that is that I say, um, usually right in front of their parents, if their parents are available and watching, we know we're not allowed to go around hitting everybody who makes us upset. It's just not allowed, whether we're in school or on the playground or whatever. So what do we do instead? And then rather than just leave it there, I give them choices. We can walk away from it. We can talk about it. We can tell someone who can help us, or we can just ignore it. At that point, I oftentimes play a little ignore game, which is completely a riot, where we try to bother each other while ignoring each other, and oh my gosh, chaos ensues. You've all been there, am I right? Yes. Yes, chaos ensues. Do you have any recollection of the first time you saw that game and what you thought of? Oh my gosh. (laughs) Anyway... When I'm sitting there and I'm talking to the kids and I'm trying to sit close to the parents, the reason I do that is because one of the things I say to the kids is the reason that you need to get used to those four choices is because it is not going to change for the rest of life. Those are the same four choices that I have to this very day and that we all have as grown-ups and adults. And sometimes grown-ups and adults are not super good examples of those four choices. So to reiterate, they walk away from it. I always think of the grocery store when I think of that one. Tell someone who can help you. Talk it over with the person. Or just ignore it. And all of those take being less egocentric. That's that's the skill you have to have going in. Now, back to the three rules. I think that they're very straightforward. But if you're hearing this and you're like, what? Just write us and we'll talk about them some more in the question and answer part of the show at the end. The three rules in our style are everyone works, nothing is free, and everyone starts at the beginning or the bottom. The rule goes everyone starts at the bottom. But I've added the word beginning in its place because I found oftentimes with many people, the bottom as a descriptive word is confusing. And so we switch it over once they get their confidence about them and the words don't make them feel defensive going in. So everyone works. Nothing is free. Everyone starts at the bottom. When we have t-shirts that say those rules on the back and when you wear them out in public, people love them. And they always ask, where can I get them? Maybe I should take this as a minute to say you can get that shirt, I believe. Did we put it up on Cafe Press? I don't know if we did. We'll check and see. Oh, we'll do it today before the end of the show. (laughs) Thank you, Sensei Jackie. After that, we go straight to the five animals. The the five animals we mostly use for movement, but they also do have character development. Our five animals are the lion for power and tenacity, the the smaller cat, which was always taught to me as the tiger, but since the tiger is a large cat, it was confusing to many people. So you could use the lynx or even my karate name, the wildcat for speed and patience, the mythical dragon for the aspect of flight, the snake for suppleness, rhythm, and endurance, and the beautiful bird, the crane, for balance, grace, and self-control. Since self-control is my favorite thing in the world, that wouldn't mean the crane would be my favorite animal. What's yours, Leonard? I think my favorite is the snake. Oh, nice. I love the the, um, concept of endurance, of really being able to to last a long time in something. I read once a long time ago about a man who said, it's one thing to be able to do and learn new things. 
but it's a whole nother level of sophistication to be able to learn something that you already know in a new way. And I also think in more of like a simple way is saying that in endurance is that there's many people who help as teachers and go right into another class, right into their class, their adult class. So I think that that's, you know, an interesting thing that you have to keep your endurance yeah. while, you're, while you're doing those things. Exactly. Okay, if you're still hanging in here, we enter the world of the 10 virtues. Okay, I'm going to make this list in a random order. So I know that some of you who are Goju and you attribute a certain number to a, a certain virtue, you're going to write me. But it's okay because I'm allowed to make mistakes and let my memory be selective. After all, our, all of our memories are selective, aren't they? We're proud to be karate people. We always practice and study. We always practice patience. We're quick to seize opportunity, and we always keep our fighting spirit. We believe that nothing is impossible. We block soft and hit hard. We discard the bad and keep the good. And we have loyalty to ourselves, our family, and what we know is the right thing to do. Now, that's how I teach the virtues. They've changed a lot over the years, but... I do want to say that I was just recently reading the book, The Dojo, and um, Peter Urban only had five, do five virtues in his copy of the book, The Dojo, and I really liked that. I think 10 is a little bit cumbersome, in all honesty, and it's not that they're not great 10 great characteristics, because they are. If, if you were to say to me, which one would you take out, I would be hard-pressed to do that, but I liked the simplicity of five. It's in order to apply something to your life, you have to be able to keep it in your head, and 10 is a lot. It is. Also, he had courtesy as one of his virtues in that book, and I really appreciated that because I think that courtesy, like self-control, it sometimes runs a bad flavor in people's mouth, like somehow it's a weakness, when of course it is not a weakness at all. It's a power line, as long as it's coming from your chi line. And again, I'm going to do a whole podcast on chi, so don't get on me too much, just Google it. You'll get tons of information about it. Let's go back now and look at those virtues and talk about them, the things that we think about them. So, Lynn, of, of those virtues, is there one that sticks out in your head, the one that you've been using a lot going into the grade you're in right now? Is there anything there that, that you've got to add? Um, my favorite one is, and I remember all the time, is we keep the good and discard the bad. Um, and I say that when I'm helping out in class, I really like telling the kids that one um, because I think it's really important to focus on the good um, and not really always think about the bad and the negative. You know what I love about um, discard the bad and keep the good is it's one of the beginning ways that you get to address whether you're actually truthful with yourself about yourself. Yes, that's a brutal subject, isn't it? <laughs> I'm not sure I'm going to do a whole podcast on that one because that would <laughs> give us a headache. But that is an important aspect of martial arts training, and, and I think anybody who's, who's trying to develop their own character, they have to be able to be honest with themselves and say, this is what I'm doing well at. I have a good sense of humor. I'm a very honest person. I'm whatever it is, and this is what I could do better at. I could be more on time, 
or um, I could have better organizing skills or I could have a better sense of humor. Okay, that wasn't meant for me. I don't think that's meant for me. <laughs> Fine. What about you, Sensei Jackie? My favorite virtue is uh, we always keep our fighting spirit. And as you say in class many times, it means we don't give up. And I'm going to say that the Peter Urban virtue, if I'm wrong and he was not the person who put those words together, please write me and correct me. We believe that nothing is impossible. I really like to reverse that when I teach it. I really like to say, and I almost did just now, we believe that every single thing is possible. So that when we wake up in the morning, the new day starts and you can really just grasp it rather than carry the baggage from the day before. I really like that part of it. The thing about these virtues is that they are based on our behavior. When we're doing those virtues, we're changing the way we act, which is a great beginning. But when we, ha when we have to go to the part where we get inside of ourselves, that becomes more the intermediate level of character development. And that is a second podcast, I'm going to say a couple months down the line from now. So you create your own moral code, and it's that that is, drives you, that is the intent of what you do, that is inside of you. So when we start, we're starting with the behavior. You have to call the sensei sensei. You can't use the word yeah. You can't use the word can't inside a dojo. When I do that with my kids, and they say, I can't, sensei, I can't, I say, just replace that with, can you see I'm trying, sensei? Can you see I'm trying? What do you replace it with? I think I can. I think I can. I feel like I'm the little engine that could. I like that one. How about you as a, inside your own head or as a helper teacher? I know I can. I know I can. <laughs> yeah. So I don't think I can. I know I can. What a positive way to look at it. I like it. In the last few decades, I've noticed that students have better results when I share exactly how I implemented different character development skills as opposed to just saying fix this. Like, for example, a non-communicator. Instead of just saying communicate with me, I think I just did it in the dojo last night when I said, what's the number one way to remember something? And we all agreed that it was to make a note somehow. Make an alarm in your phone, make a note in your device, whatever your post-it angle is, that's the way to remember something. Just putting it in your head and saying, no, I got this. In today's busy world, with thoughts replacing thoughts so quickly, that's a crazy idea in my opinion. When I tell people those things, when I talk about them, I always call them tools and I always call it my toolbox. I carry my toolbox with me to improve my patience or my memory skills or my reliability by doing what I said I was going to do or any of those things. So one tool I'd like to mention right off, and it's always been a part of training, is that by drawing up character in kata, it can come out in daily life and vice versa. So, for example, if you really don't like kata and the teacher keeps saying you just don't have enough intensity, then sometimes it's good to try to bring a little intensity into your daily life, whether it's to sing really loudly or make loud grunting noise while you're playing basketball. Be less aware of what you are and just be the thing full out. And then it will come out for you in your kata. On the other hand, if you're not a person who is really, really good at analyzing themselves throughout the day and being aware of what they're doing throughout the day, the opposite works. 
if you summon up that patience by standing still in a specific spot, wow, that was a lot of S's. I'm saying it again. Standing still in a specific spot in your kata, then that patience can and will come through for you in daily life. That is one of my favorite beginning tools to give to somebody because I think it's so handy. Also, the tool that comes out between kata and daily life is the breathing. And the breathing all the way down into your cheek pocket. Let's just go on record as saying, it's not great for keeping a flat belly when you're supposed to be dressed for success or looking like a size two or whatever the, we're going to go to the 1990s, whatever the 1990s depiction of a woman was. Luckily now there are many more to pick from and I'm so glad because when you breathe, when you breathe down into your cheek pocket, your belly comes out a little bit and that means it's filling you with that strength and that energy. And that's a good thing. That's a powerful thing. And that makes the choices that we all make at that point come from a place of power as opposed to knee-jerk reactions or default responses. So I'm going to repeat those. Knee-jerk reactions, somebody triggers something and you get reactionary. And default reactions. I always react like this when somebody does that. Or I always react like this when I'm running late or whatever it is. So, that was a lot of information. Do you guys have anything to add? I always remember the ki um, that we use in kata is really helpful in daily life, especially at school. If there's something going on, it's a good thing to have inside of you to know, you know, this is what I can use to help me. You know what, I'm going to add to that because you couldn't be more right. Thank you for bringing that up to me. The saying, and I wonder how many times we'll say this in podcasts, we should keep track, that what you do a lot of, you become very good at. So I've been having conversations with a lot of students lately that have been practicing their ki kind of half-heartedly, but then they'll draw their ki out in real life and it won't be there for them. And then they'll be coming back to me saying, look, listen, this didn't work for me. And I'll be like, well, I kind of warned you because that nice, wonderful yell, I think that could be my number two self-defense favorite technique, second only to pay attention. Pay attention is my favorite self-defense technique. But that yell and that surprise that it gives to the person who did not expect you to be able to do that lion's roar, for lack of a better way to explain what a ki is, it's a really handy self-defense tool and backs most people off. And what's great is that it goes through all of the ages in our dojo. I've seen, I've worked with little kids that have amazing ki. Yeah. So that's one thing that it, it's very important. Not today because we're running out of time, but another day we should have a fun little memory lane moment where we do all the different ki we've heard people say. Oh, go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Sensei Jackie, take it home here. Tools is where we left off. The, the tools that, uh, that I use in the dojo. For me, whether it's going from a patient moment to an explosion are what I need to be doing when I'm outside the dojo, to be calm. And then if if I need to to do something explosive, at least I've practiced it. And I'm not afraid of the person or thing that I have to do it to. I'm going to finish this one off by saying, I know that some of you know, some of you don't, that we have a little a little YouTube page. And the YouTube page 
right now only has three children's songs on it. That's all that's on there. Maybe someday we'll add to it. Maybe we won't. It's called Wildcat Dojo, so you can check it out if you would like to see me singing like a child. And with kids. And me. (laughs) And we can say hi to Ava. Maybe she'll ever listen to it and say hi to us. Anyway, I created those songs because I got so frustrated by having my life be, no, don't do that, no, don't do that, no, don't do that. So instead, I say, hey, let's remind us what we are supposed to do by singing these silly songs. The first one is about listening and doing what someone asks you to do. The second one is about thinking before you make the mistake. Turns out that's much harder than it sounds, right? Definitely. Leading me to the karate saying, it's easy to say. You take karate. But it's also easy to say you're not going to do it again until you teach yourself to think before you do it. And the last one, which is my favorite one, it's about consequences. And consequences are something else that's really gotten a bad rap over the years. Because the first line of the song says, they could be good or bad. It's up to us. Consequences can be a great thing. Like I'm hoping that the consequences of this podcast are that people listen so we can come back and do it over and over because we're having such a good time with it. All right. What do you got? That's it for me for today. I love the way we talked about the beginnings of character and how hopefully in the podcast we'll keep developing not only the character of students, but of ourselves, and how much we're going to learn from just doing and learning as, as we talk. See, now you're going to make me add, because you made me think of something, which Go. is, I always tell my students I'm a work in progress. Do I not always say that? Yes, always. you do. And that if you're going to justify your mistake because you saw me make the mistake, then it's not shame on me, because I am a work in progress. It's shame on you for trying to find a justification. So we are all, and if I ever stop, I hope somebody hits me in the back of the head and says, hey, stop doing that and get back on the track of growth. Growth is the way to go. It's fun. It's interesting. It's like taking this wonderful, wonderful adventure and you never have to leave your house to do it. It's pretty cool that way. I'm closing it up. So we want to hear what you think. There's three ways to get in touch with us. Write me at dojoconversations at AOL.com. Or on our webpage, also wildcatdojo.com. Or on our Facebook page at Sensei Michelle's Dojo. If you need those spellings, go back to the premiere episode. It's all spelled for you there. We sure appreciate your time. We can't wait to get to our next episode. And don't forget to subscribe. Don't forget to subscribe to us so we're in your device every Monday. That's our show for today. I'm Sensei Michelle, signing off for now. Sensei Michelle here. Did you notice the mistake at the end of the podcast? Our Facebook page is called Wildcat Dojo, not Sensei Michelle's Dojo. We changed it, but the change came through after the recording. Sorry for any inconvenience.